happy Sunday. We have a special guest speaker today. It's not me. Thank the Lord. Uh, I, I'm going to uh, bring him up and pray, but John Hopkins, he's a credible source of knowledge, of wisdom. Rarely are we do we discuss problems at the church where Scott doesn't bring up his name and a quote because that's the kind of guy he is and that's the influence he has. So yeah, he has been teaching all of us long before today, if that makes sense. So uh, let me pray for him as he comes up. Dear Lord, uh, pray for Mr. Tompkins, God, that you could just, any nerves or whatever he has going on, God, that you will just calm him, speak through him, God, and just speak to all of us, Father. Just pray for this time and pray that it is blessing and pleasing to you, God. Pray for all these things in your beautiful and wonderful name. Amen. Okay. Good morning, Rock Bible. Good morning. The challenge will be to keep this thing off my beard or keep my beard off of it. You, you will know if it happens. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the first time I've dug this deeply into uh, Romans 4. And... Uh, I'm going to give you my impressions. Um, nice thing about the Holy Spirit is each one of us has the Holy Spirit with access to it. So y you and the Holy Spirit can team up to take whatever you would consider meat out of, out of the Scripture and maybe some thoughts and ideas that I have. Um, the title I uh, came up with was Getting Right with God. And uh, I could have made it faith first because um, faith is a channel to God and that's the whole message of Romans. Um, so something is going to come as probably a surprise to you, something that I'll give you just a little heads up. Um, think Easter. Ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's the message that Paul wants us to get by comparing um, Jesus and God's love for us and the way to be justified, aligned, made capable for relationship with God. That, uh, and Paul uh, bases that in, uh, in the life of Abraham and God and Abraham's relationship. Um, so I'm going to read from uh, Genesis uh, 15, 1 to 6. Do we have it? So that afterwards means uh, Abraham, there was, a, there was some battling going on, and uh, Abraham, rather than take the spoils of war, had promised God that he would leave everything even. So that afterwards means that uh, Abraham was faithful. Afterwards, Jehovah spoke to Abraham in a vision, and this is what he told him. Don't be fe fearful, Abram, for I will defend you, and I will give you great blessings. Was that me? Still hear me? I was, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
But Abram replied, O Lord Jehovah, what good are all your blessings when I have no son? For without a son, some other member of my household will inherit my wealth. Then Jehovah told him, No, no one else will be your heir, for you will have a son to inherit everything you own. Then God brought Abram outside beneath the nighttime sky and told him, Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Can we see our... That's what the uh, web is showing us. It just knocked my socks off. That's a cluster of five galaxies going around each other. And rather than God told Abraham that he would have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky, he said, look up and see what you can count, if you can even count, and you will have more descendants than that. And now we look back in time another 10 billion years, billion light years. I'm just amazed with that. Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that too, too many to count. And Abram believed God, and then God considered him righteous on account of his faith. Key critical point. Abraham believed God, and that belief in God was what God then considered that, that made Abraham capable of being in relationship with God. Well, let's take a look at Romans 4. It's 25 verses. And are we ready to go up there? Okay. We're reading uh, from the, uh, the Living Bible. I really like that. It's uh, free of the these and thous and the thys. And uh, uh, it's, it's a paraphrase. And from the studying that I did in seminary with Greek and Hebrew, it's, it's, it's a good piece of work. It captures what I think the, uh, the message is and integrates uh, biblical study with what the words meant at the time and then how that applies to us now. So if you'll read along with me, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What were his experiences concerning this question of being saved by faith? So Paul is talking... Um, to the readers as if they're Gentiles because the church in Rome was probably a lot of people who came to Christianity other than being Jewish first and there were plenty of Jews who were Christians and so he's addressing his readers as if they were Gentiles and he presents his argument uh, like a rabbi will do today uh, uh, like, like he's talking to the Jews Was it because of his good deeds that God accepted him? If so, then he would have something to boast about. So in the Jewish law, keep the, do, the, do the right stuff, and then you, you, you are fulfilling what God wants, and that will earn you credits. And what, uh, what Paul is saying, it's independent of the law. It's independent of what you do. Faith first and then works. 
Our works are the sign of our faith. And he's going to make that same kind of comparison with circumcision. In the Jewish tradition, circumcision starts becoming a Jew. And what Paul is saying, that salvation comes from faith first. We'll have a little bit more to say about that in a, in a little bit. But from God's point of view, Abraham had no basis at all for pride. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God, and that is why God cancels his sins and declared him not guilty. But didn't he earn the, his right to heaven by all the good things he did? No, for being saved is a gift. If you could earn it, then it's other than a gift. If a person could earn it by being good, then it wouldn't be free. But it is. It is given to those who do not work for it. For God declares sinners to be good in his sight if they have faith in Christ to save them from God's wrath. King David spoke of this, describing the happiness of an undeserving sinner who is declared not guilty by God. Blessed and be envied, he said, are those whose sins are forgiven and put out of sight. Yes, what joy there is for anyone whose sins are no longer counted against him by the Lord. Now then, the question, is this blessing giving, given only to those who have faith in Christ but also keep the Jewish laws? Or is it a blessing also given to those who do not keep the Jewish rules but only trust in Christ? Well, what about Abraham? We say that he received these blessings through his faith. Was it by faith alone or because he also kept the Jewish rules? For the answer to that question, answer this one. When did God give this blessing to Abraham? It was before he became a Jew, before he went through the Jewish initiation ceremony of circumcision. It wasn't until later on after God had promised to bless him because of his faith that he was circumcised. The circumcision ceremony was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him just and good in his sight before the ceremony took place. So, so, so Paul's he's leaning on this. He's saying it's faith. It's more than just the rules. And he's talking to people, some of whom have grown up in the rule-based way to get there. And he's saying it's a different story now. We see then that those who do not keep these rules are justified by God, God through faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those Jews who have been circumcised. They can see from his example that it is not this ceremony that saves them, for Abraham found favor with God by faith alone before he was circumcised. So verses 9 through 12 He's laying down his point, and then he reiterates it in verses 13 through 15. It is clear then that God's promise to give, to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not because Abraham obeyed God laws, God's laws, but because he trusted God to keep his promise. So if you still claim that God's blessings go to those who are, quote, good enough, then you are saying that God's promises to those who have faith are meaningless and faith is foolish. But the fact of the matter is this. When we try to gain God's blessing and salvation by keeping his laws, 
we always end up under his anger for we always fail to keep them. If you've got a rule-based system, who is good enough to follow all the rules? So we're, we're shot if we get there by following the rules. From Paul's perspective, we get there, and then we get guidance toward healthy and righteous living. The only way we could keep from breaking laws is not to have any to break. I think he's trying to have a little humor. So God's blessings are given to us by faith as a free gift. We are certain to get them whether or not we follow Jewish customs if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of us all when it comes to these matters of faith. That is what the scriptures mean when they say that God made Abraham the father of many nations. God will accept all people in every nation who trust God as Abraham did. And this promise is from God himself, who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were, uh, were already past. So when God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation, Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. So you remember how old Abraham was. Remember how old Sarah was. It, even the science of the day, just by looking around, would let someone know that 100 years and 90 years old is too old for people to even have the physical capability of becoming parents. And I was thinking uh, earlier this week about Sarah carrying a baby at 90. Hope she had some help from God and the Holy Spirit along the way with that. Because uh, those of you who have been pregnant and delivered babies and been around people who have know that uh, there's some work involved. And, it, and it, it, it's tiring. And because his faith was strong, he didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100 and that Sarah, his wife, at 90 was also much too old to have a baby. But Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew ever stronger, and he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. He was completely sure that God was well able to do anything he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God forgave his sins and declared him not guilty. Now this wonderful statement that he was accepted and approved through his faith wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was for us too, assuring us that God will accept us in the same way he accepted Abraham when we believe the promises of God who brought back Jesus our Lord from the dead. He died for our sins and rose again to make us right with God, filling us with God's goodness. He is risen. better believe it. And the ability to believe that, the faith to believe that, guess where that comes from? God. Lest any man should boast. Zero room for boasting, following rules, and then getting to heaven. It's faith. Then we figure out how do we live in that faith? How do we make right choices? So Paul takes Abraham as a test case. 
Is Abraham a faith man or a works man? Clearly, Abraham was justified by faith rather than deeds. And I see three main points. In verses 1 through 8, his righteousness was solely by faith. In verses 9 through 12, his righteousness was independent of circumcision, which then opens the door for the Gentiles. His justification is narrated in Genesis 15, which we read first. Abraham believed, and then he was justified. All this stuff that's on the screen is justified. You know, when you're doing word processing, you justify, you make it right, you make it aligned. So he was made right, he was aligned by his faith, and then 14 years later, in Genesis 17, is the ritual of circumcision. That came afterwards. 14 years later, so he was justified before, according to the law, he was a Jew. So it's different than be the Jew, get the works done, and then make it to heaven. It's believe. I uh, saw a meme that said faith at the top. And it said, when you come to the edge of all the light you know and are about to step off into the darkness of the unknown, faith is knowing that one of two things will happen. Either there will be something solid to stand on or you will be taught how to fly. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> Gulp. I know how to fly. And... Uh, and I know landing an airplane takes a lot of training and a lot of precision and even sometimes some good fortune. And having faith to step off and believe, Paul's making the point that Abraham simply believed rather than wanted proof. And then God said, it takes that kind of belief to be in relationship with me. So it's all about relationship. Verses 13 through 22 repeats that Abraham's righteousness was independent of Mosaic law. Let's look at some fill-ins. God gave Abraham choice. We all have choice. He has made our brains, our minds such that we have agency. When somebody says, well, my anger got the better of me, that's other than agency. I got angry. That's agency. It's not my fault. I had a rough childhood that my wife is very fond of hearing me say over and over and over from the Department of Redundancy Department. Get it? Okay. If I have to explain my attempts at humor, it's going to, be long. It's going to take us longer. Um, the second bullet is Abraham chose to trust. He used that agency that he was created with to believe. 
Our next point, Abraham believed God would do what he said. God said, see how many of those stars you can count. And by the way, you're going to run out of numbers. And remember, that was before the Hubble or the Webb telescope. And this is through the eyes of a guy 100 years old, minus these things, living in sandstorms. So however many he could count, God said, your descendants are going to be greater than that. And because belief is the way to get in right relationship with God, then when we believe with our faith in the death, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, with God coming into human history in human form to have relationship with us and make it possible for us to be justified and aligned with God, then Abraham is the father of all nations, and God was saying, those are going to be your descendants. Now we get to look back 13, is it billion, is it 13 billion years or 13 billion light years? Who's the scientist here that knows? Steve? You know, in other words, it's lost in the noise. It's, it's, it's such, a, such a long time for that light to get to us. And if Abraham could have seen this picture, the message still would have been the same. Your descendants are going to be more than you can count. And the God that made, well, made, made the brains possible to make these kinds of telescopes and made all of creation was the same God that promised Abraham we can be buddies. God counted Abraham as a friend. We'll see that. uh, I think I'll find that right now. From the book of James, back on August 1st, 2021, one of uh, Scott's sermons, uh, James Two, chapter two, uh, verse twenty-three, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, "Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God." That kind of knocks my socks off. So. That helps us realize our justification. Realize as in become real. We're justified, and then we're coached with the Holy Spirit. We make decisions. We choose right. We choose wrong. We forgive our neighbors for their trespasses, for their sins against us, as we ask for our own forgiveness, that puts us right back in that balanced relationship. More fill in, God considered Abraham righteous. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Rather than it made him righteous, it 
righteousness keeps going. He was considered by God to be justified, and then righteousness came and comes with each of us with making right choices. God wants relationship with us, and with faith, we are put into righteous relationship with God. Notice that God saves his people first, and then he tells them what to do. He saved Abraham first, 14 years before he went through the ritual ceremony and became a Jew. What came first, getting through the Red Sea or the Ten Commandments? Red Sea. He saved his people. And then Moses came down off the hill, got upset, broke the tablets, <laughs> took heed for it, still was forgiven. So saving and then telling us what to do. Each of us can participate in the day-to-day -day relationship with God's Holy Spirit. Every day. The Holy Spirit is ours. When Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you somebody who's going to be with you until I return. And the word in Greek is paraclete. It means comforter. So God, in sending the Holy Spirit, sends us someone who gives us comfort. Some more thoughts. Take what life gives you and talk with God along the way. That's what faith looks like when we do it. Bullet point, we do our faith. Faith is action. It's more than just thinking and believing and feeling. It's what we do. Paul says it's easy to do things right with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed that if somebody points out the color red, for example, every place you look you see red? Now you're going to try to shake that the rest of the day. <laughs> it's that way with the Holy Spirit. Look for what's right with things. Uh, there was a book called uh, The One Minute Manager. Anybody ever read that way back when? It starts off with uh, a fellow coming to interview the one minute manager. And the admin says, well, he's out in the warehouse trying to catch somebody doing something right. I like that turn. What we look for, we will see. God's promise is, is if we look, we receive. If we ask, we receive. Abraham was a Gentile when he was counted as righteous. Abraham shows that God is free of having any problem calling sinners righteous. He's free of requiring circumcision or the laws of Moses. It was simply a sign of righteousness that Abraham already had. It was free of adding anything to his righteousness. 
and his category stayed the same. God was free of saying, if you do this or that, I will bless you. He simply said that he would bless him. It was a promise free of conditions. Abraham, you're going to have descendants enough to fill the earth, and the whole world is going to be blessed through you. Abraham believed that promise, and that is why he was counted as righteous. It's other than on the basis of law. The promise of salvation comes to us by faith, by grace, rather than behavior. With faith will come the behavior rather than getting it the other way around. And it is guaranteed. Either good or bad, grace is free of keeping score on our works. In this way, the promise goes out more than to the Jews, to all people. We have to trust Jesus. Change that word order. We have Jesus to trust. Which way do you want to go at it? I have to trust Jesus. Five words, change the order. I have Jesus to trust. Can you hear the agency in that? The ownership. So we can be free of fear that we will lose our salvation through some sin that we have trouble getting rid of. Grace is free of keeping score of works, good or bad. The Apostle Paul does not say that Abraham was made righteous in all of his doings. However, God accounted Abraham as righteous. He decided that he was righteous. He gave that gift. Our justification is different than God making us perfectly righteous, but counting us as perfectly righteous. After we are counted righteous, then God begins to make us truly righteous, culminating in our own resurrection. When I got into these things in, uh, in Romans and started realizing I was going to be up here while Scott gets to play in Alaska, <laughs> probably catching big fish and, uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, I've kind of been into myself for the last few days just mulling this over. Um, A.M. Hunter was uh, a writer. He was a um, uh, Greek and New Testament professor uh, in, uh, in England. And uh, he published a book about 70 years ago called The Work and Words of Jesus. Uh, he, he, I think it's a beautiful piece of work. And I'm quoting from him. He says, What kind of man knows that by his dying... He will inaugurate a new and blessed order of relationship between God and man. No mortal man can make the claim that Jesus did because we would consider him mad. Jesus either deceived mankind by conscious fraud or he was himself deluded or he was who he said he was. He was divine. And we are bound by this trilemma. Three options. I believe he was who he said he was. 
Christ is risen. Amen to that. May we pray and then we'll receive the offering. Heavenly Father, we know that you existed outside of creation and made creation and that you want us as your friends and it is in that relationship with you that we can be truly in relationship with each other for reaching out to us for entering human history for giving us your son raising him from the dead and providing us a path we give you thanks for these offerings these ties these gifts we give you thanks with confidence that you will put them to use to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to, uh, can you guys hang with me for just a sec? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make this benediction a story. Uh, uh, um, you've seen Orthodox Jew. You can sit if you want. You can have a seat. You guys. You want to sit cross-legged? Yeah. yeah. Um, you've seen uh, Orthodox Jews with their, with their stuff they wear. And have you noticed those things with little knots in them? Those knots are like memory devices for touching so there's going to be knots in this this little story so there was a rabbi who was uh, overseeing the marketplace uh, his synagogue and office was looking down on this marketplace and he saw one of his uh, members of his congregation who was wheeling and dealing and buying and selling and he had a roll of bills and as he went on this roll of bills just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the guy was just really gathering up the money and the this rabbi sent for the man and called him up and uh, said uh, don't you realize that money is empty it's like empty shells he says, you're, you're spending all your time gathering, buying, and selling money. You, you, you're, 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 out, you're out of bounds. You're off base. And the guy burst into tears, and he threw his big wad of bills down on the ground, and he promised that that was it. Never again was he going to touch money. And the rabbi said, hold on. Hang on a minute. He said, let me tell you a story about two of our people who were in ancient Egypt, and they were friends. And they both came to each other one morning and realized the previous night they had both had the exact same dream, the same in every detail. And they realized that it was, it was a prophecy. And the dream was that all of the grain grown in that country that year would develop some kind of a blight on it and anybody who ate it would go mad. 
So one guy says, well, it's really clear. He says, we have to stock up on the old grain so that w when, we, w when everybody's eating the new grain and goes mad, we'll be able to still be sane. And his friend said, I see very little wisdom in that. And he says, well, what do you mean? He says, because if we eat the old grain and stay sane and everybody else is mad, we'll look like we're the crazy ones. <laughs> so he says, well, what do we do? He says, well, let's stock up on the, let's eat the new grain. We'll have to eat the new grain and we'll go mad. Before we do that, let's tie a knot in our belt. And from time to time, we will touch that knot and remember who we really are and what's really important. So, the benediction is, may you tie the right knot in your belt. May you go in peace. May you know the Holy Spirit and do his will. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.